bees in his library? Confound it, madam, my language is most controlled. I say we take off and nuke the entire scythe mortar. It's the only way to be sure. In a thousand years, Gandahar was destroyed. A thousand years ago, Gandahar will be saved. The spice extends life. Silent breed is people! Welcome, listener, to Star Crashed. We discuss genre movies released before the year 2000. And in this episode, we'll discuss Mio in the Land Far Away from 1987. It's based on a book by Astrid Lindgren. And uh, just to let you know, there will be spoilers pretty early on, I feel like. But uh, let's go. My name is Eva. My name is Linnea. So, Linnea, just your general thoughts before we go into story and everything. <laughs> uh, yes, I would like to read from a review on Letterboxd to introduce this film. It's not my review. This is by someone named Tova. Mm. And uh, it says, Someone tell me how this film got made. Soviet, the UK, Sweden and Norway came together for some reason casted actors from all over the world that didn't even speak the same language, dubbed the whole thing, wrote the weakest and weirdest script in the world, and just kind of went with it? Why is Christian Bale and Christopher Lee in this? So many questions. <laughs> I mean, I think our episode is done now. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is my thoughts exactly. Like, I, how? What? <laughs> So yeah, so I, I as as I mentioned before on the podcast, I worked as a teacher for a while. I don't anymore, but when I did, uh, we watched the Swedish dub of this film <laughs> for uh, or in school for for my my students at the time. Uh, and now, prior to this podcast, I watched the English dubbed version. Both are equally as weird to watch <laughs> because if you watch the Swedish dub, you have Christopher Lee and Christian Bale speaking Swedish. Or, if you watch the English dub, you have Christo Christo Christian Bale and Christopher Lee speaking English, but Swedish names. And it's yes. strange. <laughs> Buse. <laughs> Buse. Pinky. Buse. <laughs> I mean, it's beyond awful. Helmulsen. <laughs> you said it too well, though. It should be <laughs> even more worse. <laughs> I can't even. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's too weird. And so the thing, <clears throat> as I was watching, as I was wondering a bit, like, is everything dubbed afterwards, or are only the parts where someone was speaking maybe their native language dubbed? Like, I was, I was comparing, like, watching this film kind of has the same feeling, like watching. Uh, an Argento film where people speak mm. their own language at so they speak their own language at each other and then you dub over it and the whole experience is <clears throat> really strange afterwards and this had that feeling but I couldn't quite like who is speaking I <laughs> I don't want to be thinking about these things when I watch a film like <laughs> 
beyond confused. But uh, what do you what do you think? Like how how do you think they did this? You've seen two versions, so you might have some more. Uh, I I think, and I I don't have any facts to back this up, but I think it's more of a they recorded actors speaking their own language, and then they made different dubs uh, for the different language releases. Um, Argento, then. Uh, pretty much, yes. That that's, that was my impression, anyway. Um, it did look, you know, having seen the English ver- version now, it did look like most of the actors were speaking English, but it wasn't, wasn't always the case. It was, yeah. It was a strange, strange experience. <laughs> <laughs> because... As you were reading um, Tova's review there, I was like, oh, well, maybe this is why uh, the actor who plays uh, Busse isn't, isn't doing a good job. Oh, and I hate, I hate to say that about a child like and their performance, but he did, well, we'll get into it maybe. Mm. But, but then he probably wasn't dubbed. He was on location speaking the words this way. Okay. So, Mio Min Mio, what is the plot of Mio Min Mio? Well, if you're from Sweden, this is a very well-known story. It's written by uh, one of our most loved and most well-known children's authors, uh, Asselingen. And the story is about a young boy named Bo Wilhelm Horsol, or for short, Busse, uh, in Stockholm. And he, his mother died when he was very small. Uh, it's not specified, but it's like shortly after his birth, uh, she dies. Uh, he doesn't know who his father is, and he lives with his aunt, Edna, and uh, Uncle Sixten. And they are not nice people. Uh, think, you know, Harry Potter kind of scenario uh, <laughs> with um, with the aunt and uncle there. And he's, in general, quite miserable. And he, he has his best friend, Benke. Uh, and he hangs out sometimes with Benke and Benke's father. And he says in the beginning, I think both in the movie and the book, uh, that he wishes that Benke's father was also his father because he doesn't know who his father is. So, mm. you know, that mm. that's sort of a desire to know from his part. Um, he goes out at one point after a not very nice experience at home. Mm. He essentially hears his, his aunt and uncle talking about how they shouldn't have taken him in and he's just causing trouble. <laughs> That's not really true. He's a no. very sweet boy. Yes. Uh, but they are mean people, so that's what it is. Uh, so he goes out and he sits at the bench uh, in uh, some park. I'm not sure exactly where, but um, being very sad. Um, and on his way there, before he, before he arrives to the bench, he uh, meets uh, a young lady who runs uh, like the corner store in town. Yeah. Uh, and she gives him a golden apple. Well, it isn't golden at that point, but it's an apple. And he says, thank you very much. You know, that's very kind of you. Because this woman has... It's a very beautiful woman and she has, she's always been very kind to him. So, you know, he's very happy for, for this gift. Um, she, does, she does look like a little bit 
otherworldly or or as mm-hmm. at least like she she shouldn't have a convenience store she should have one yes. of those herbs and crystal store more like <laughs> exactly. that kind of vibe so i don't know what she's doing like selling apples and things but you know mm. whatever <laughs> kind of uh, she's she's a little bit like a fairy godmother kind of uh, character i think yes. um she also gives him a postcard that she wants him to uh mail out or or put in the uh, post box or whatever you call it um, and he before he posts it he reads it and she has written to the king in the land of, of far away or something like that and it, sa- it says that um, the one the one you've been waiting for is on his way he travels by day he travels by night or something like that uh, and he's very intrigued by this if thinks it sounds very exciting and you know he wonder who is the king of the land mm. far away etc so um, as he's sitting on his bench and he has posted the card and he's eating his apple he knocks over or, or the apple he drops the apple and the apple knocks over this bottle that's there and there's something going on inside the bottle and he opens the bottle and it's essentially like a spirit that comes out, but the spirit yeah. is just a giant head. <laughs> yeah, like a gin almost. Like uh, a gin. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it's not uh, Fat or the Dragon, I can tell you that. Uh, it's uh, a lot <laughs> less exciting. <laughs> it sounds way more intriguing than it is, definitely. <laughs> but it, it's the head of a giant bearded man. Uh, and the giant bearded man says that, oh, I'm going to the land of far away, but I can't take you with me. Um, and Bussy says, why not? Um, and they sort of have a conversation there. But then the giant bearded man figures out that he has the golden apple. Uh, and then he says, well, of course I can take you. Just grab onto my beard and we'll fly away. So they fly away to the land of far away. <laughs> <coughs> And it's just as cheesy and low budget as you think it is. Which is strange, because this movie actually had a very high budget. But we'll get more more into that later. Yes, yes thank you for reminding me. <laughs> I was so confused by that when I saw that. Yeah, okay, go on. Go on. Uh, they arrive in the land of far away, and there's the king, and it turns out that the king, who looks like Benke's father, actually, but the king is uh, uh, Bosse's father, and he says, your name is not actually Bosse, it's Mio, and you're my Mio, hence the title, the Swedish title, Mio, Min Mio. Um, and it's very touching, and, and uh, you know, Bosse is really happy to have found the missing piece of his family. Um, and there's a boy there called Jum Jum, who is played by Christian Bale, who looks like uh, Bosse's old friend Benki. So uh, there's a lot of, um, you know, the people in the land of far away look suspiciously like people from Bosse's mm-hmm. real life. But, uh, you know, I like Which has no payoff. I'm sorry, spoiler there, but it does no, pay- no payoff, zero. Nope, nope, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> Um, and they're all, oh, they're so happy there, and uh, Mio gets a horse called Miramis, and it's beautiful, and they gallop around the land, and they meet other children, and they have so much fun. Um, but then Mio figures out that there's an evil knight, Kato, uh, who kidnaps children for, <laughs> for some reason. He turns them into birds, or he turns their hearts into stones. It's... I'm not sure what his plan is, but but he does something. He takes the children. 
and Mio decides that he's gonna go and and fight this Kato. And there's hints that there's a legend that says that oh, uh, uh, the son of a king and his soul companion will ride on the white horse and fight the evil knight Kato. Because apparently this has been going on for like thousands of years, so... Uh. <laughs> like, I don't... It's... We'll get into it, go on. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Mio and his new friend Jim Jim they ride off on Miramis to uh, what did they call it? The land on the other side, I think. I th- yeah, it's just something like that. Something yeah. like that, yes. Um, <clears throat> where Carter lives, and they encounter people on the way. They encounter uh, a weaver who has lost her daughter to Carto, and she makes Mio an invisibility cloak. Though she doesn't tell him that it is an invisibility cl- nope. cloak. He has to figure that out later at the very inopportune moment but anyway uh, <laughs> uh, he also meets a sword maker who makes him a sword because it has to be a very special sword that kills Kato because Kato has a heart of stone so he needs a sword that he can cut into stone to kill him with mm. um, they Mio and Jum Jum and their magical sword they go into Kato's domain but they get captured and if they had known about this invisibility cloak earlier, they could have just skipped this whole part. But they didn't. They figure out this out in the jail cell that, oh, this is an invisibility cloak. I can sneak out and get my sword and kill Kato with it. Uh, <laughs> and Jum Jum is just left in the cell for the moment. Uh, I'm not sure what he really contributes to anything here. Um, no. No. Uh, more emotional support. Yum yum. I don't know. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> and um, possibly a very slow and agonizing death if uh, Busse fails. Exactly. So, exactly. You know, great uh, <laughs> but uh, Busse or Mio uh, goes to Kato cloaked in his invisibility cloak and with his sword. And instead of sneaking up on Kato and just stabbing him directly, he takes up his cloth and or, 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 or his cloak and yeah, not his tells Kato, I have come to kill you <laughs> And Kato's just like, Yes, finally <laughs> Let's fight. <laughs> this epic fight, which is not very epic. Uh, most of it is spent with the Kato releases some kind of energy ball. Looks very strange and they just sort of push that towards each other and it's it's for a sword fight, yeah, for a sword fight, there's very little sword fighting. Mm-hmm. Um, but it ends with Mio kind of having bested Kato, and Kato tries to convince him to let him live. Uh, you know, he says that, well, you know, you can't vanquish evil. If I die, there would just be someone to take my place. And uh, Mio says no, because Mio says, well, if there's. If I'm not the prince to kill you now, there will be another prince who will do it later. So, you know, it's there's a bit of a... um, They can't really solve that problem so that both are happy. Uh, (laughs) And and when Mio turns Kato down, Kato says, well, then I have to kill you. And he sort of just reached with his clawed hand towards Mio, who has a sword pointed directly at him. Mm. Kato doesn't try to avoid it in any way. He just sort of steps forward and Mio just pokes him with the sword and he's dead. <laughs> I mean... Uh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
and, and then all the children return and everyone's happy. The end. Yeah. <laughs> I have I have quite a lot of thoughts and and questions and things about this film. I don't I'm I don't know where to begin. Well, I can start with as I was saying earlier like uh, how I wasn't really impressed with uh with the main uh actor like the mm. the, the child plays um Mio slash Busse. And it's one of those things that I think I mean, it must be so hard to be a child actor. I don't know how they... I mean, they can't really have any sort of training in the same sense like an adult can do. So, you know, saying that it's bad acting from a child is kind of rude <laughs> in a way. Yeah. But what I will say, which I think is part of the problem, which then sort of interlinks into one of my like, hmm, I wonder what happened here, is the way the dialogue is written mm. is extremely stilted and weird it yes. does not come off as natural no comments no questions that they ask each other it's all really strange like it's almost like is it because when they're in the land far away i was almost like this is almost like kind of dreamlike and by then i was still sort of playing with the idea that this is just a dream and he's gonna wake up at one point and maybe solve his issues like in real life but because it's it's been far too long since i had any um what do you say experience with this story like mm. i don't really think i spent a lot of time with it as a child or anything so to me most of these things are kind of new um so i was like well it kind of makes sense then like he's dreaming so of course things might be a bit strange that way like people don't mm. speak like normal people would at all uh, and then I was thinking, well, is this this way because it was maybe written in, let's say, Swedish, the entire script, and then translated into the various languages. And during the translations, things were lost in a way. Do you get what I'm... Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking, because I totally agree with everything you said, I'm thinking it's partly because there are so many people of different nationalities that are involved with this. The director, for example, is from Russia or from the Soviets. And of course, we have Swedes involved and some Norwegian people and people from the UK. And it's just a mess. You know, too many chefs making the same soup, essentially. And it just gets weird. Um, And I'm also wondering if maybe since this is based on a book and it's based on a Swedish book, maybe they've tried to, to... preserve some of the language used in the book for the movie because I read it up a little bit on the book because I haven't read it in, in a very long time mm. and quite often I saw this in more, in more than one um, instance that people describe the language of the book as very lyrical uh, sort of poetic so I kind of wonder if they try to keep that that sort of ah. flavor of, of speaking in mm. from the book to the movie but it just it doesn't translate very well, so I don't know. It's um, that could be, uh, yeah, part of it. Uh, it's it's a good effort, but I don't think they they succeed with uh, any of it. No, and it 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 does influence, to me at least, mm. a, a lot of like how the movie feels and mm. how invested I am in 
what's happening and because it's just like they they kind of don't even feel like like full characters even mm. like it's really it's really weird it's a bit <coughs> putting almost um so that's one issue and that's also like like you were saying like you have a russian director trying to direct an english speaking child like how <laughs> mm. you know unfortunately for uh unfortunately i don't re- i don't recall the name of the actor who plays Bosa, but unfortunately for that actor christian bale is kind of excellent like he does yes. a good child role here like at one point i was like yeah he's now he's kind of at the same level as Bosa, but for the most part like you can you do get that sort of maybe he's had more like roles behind him or maybe he's just like <clears throat> more natural mm. for this kind of work uh essentially so i was like playing around with the idea like if they've just flipped the two then it would have been a better film to be honest just like poof, that casting cho- <laughs> change <laughs> would have made a slight improvement to the film mm. Uh, but then we, of course, get into other issues. Um, is there, before I go on, like, is there anything on that that you want to add? No, I, I, I totally agree. I mean, yes, I don't want, I don't want to harp too much on a on a child actor. Uh, I'm sure he did the best he could. Definitely. But the main actor who plays Mio, he is inferior to Christian Bale, and I, yeah. I. By by the looks of them, they are about the same age when this uh, film is recorded. Mm. So I kind of feel like it was a little bit of a miscast there. Uh, I think maybe they should have switched the two around and have Christian Bale play the play Mio. But you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, as they say. Yeah. So <laughs> you work with what you have, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> and you know. Just to sort of balance things out here, I wouldn't say that the father, for example, was like the best actor ever. Like that was also incredibly awkward and like fake feeling when he was trying to express Uh, his feelings when they met up. And I was like, oh, no, but he's not in it too much. So Mm. that that you can overlook more than the main uh, character. (laughs) But I mean, I, I I, I can motivate that to a certain extent because an interpretation of the story or there's two interpretations actually one is that this is all Bus's dreams Mm. Uh, you know it's not actually happening it's a dream Uh, and a very an even darker interpretation is that Bus has actually died and this is also makes sense quote unquote afterlife or something and I can kind of motivate the father's sort of well, the, the father's behavior is kind of what Busse thinks a good father should act like, if that makes sense. Because yeah. he, he has never actually had a good father figure in his life. So this is kind of what he imagines his father or, or what he wish he had a father that was like. And it's a very childish interpretation of maybe how grown-ups act, uh, if that makes sense. Um, but yeah. I also I also agree with what you said. It's not a great yeah. acting. <laughs> like, well, uh, no, but, but like you said, like under that interpretation, then mm. then you can sort of 
piece together the puzzle pieces and make mm. something out mm. of it my problem with that is that like this is directed towards children and if they mm. don't understand that this is either like a dream or this is the mm. afterlife like compare it to i don't know what the english word is but mm. brother's like, lion heart i think it's yeah brother's yeah. lion heart well i i would i think it's kind of like crystal clear what's happening in mm. that story and mm. that f- film also mm. uh, consequentially comparing that to this where it's like not, none of that is spelled out and also when you cast people in real life in mm. for, for roles in in the land far away for example the dad because that is the same actor right like yes. that's how i yeah mm. that's really strange like why would his dad if this is if the land far away is, is actually a land far away which mm. in this film we have to see that it is that mm, because mm. the ending doesn't make it into like oh it was all a dream mm. then why do they look the same it doesn't <laughs> make any sense uh, also why does his friend look the same as in like are this world mirrored somehow but mm. then how did his father become his father here and why didn't he find him somehow how did he get his mother not like i have all these adult questions <laughs> i feel like yes. from watching this film and it's I, I it's probably one of those things where you should just go with it and as a child it, you, it might be easier to go with it mm. uh, but for an adult it's really <clears throat> difficult to and also i feel like the moral of the story also kind of gets weird with how it ends and everything like if your life is shit you better hope for a distant father in some make-believe land because you can't fix these issues that you have Mm. in real life it's a really dreary sad moral life tale if that's the case like it's probably Mm. not i'm probably overthinking it but it is the implication by how it's told like i don't know if you see it differently but it's like it's kind of depressing to be honest like <laughs> it's very depressing <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but i'm not i mean my experience with the work of Asil Lindgren is that a lot of her stuff was actually kind of sad um you know the brother's lion heart is about two brothers who die and come to a yeah. fantasy land and um Emil in Lenabaya, you know, his father is actually abusive, though yeah. they never quite address that. So it's, um, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's the kind of tragic undertone, I think, that I kind of expect from Master Lingen. Mm. And I think some of it maybe don't translate very well today when we sort of have diff, uh, we have a different society that will still crew, still, still lead to children being abused, children being unhappy, uh, and, and scenarios like that, but it will be different from what Lindgren experienced or what Lindgren sort of saw in her time, True. because uh, this book was, the movie was released in, released in 87, but the book was written in, I think, the 50s, so yeah. there's, there's a lot of sort of almost generational gaps there in terms of um, uh, trauma, uh, the kinds of trauma that we experience. So true, so true. Um, but not very uplifting. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> and um, so 
I mean, a children's story, you can't stuff too many things. I think this is like younger-ish mm. children also, although I think mm. it's directed towards. But So talking about world building might be a bit pointless in that regard, but how how do you feel about the world building in the land of far away? Well, I think you can't, yeah, like you said, you can't really talk about world building in in as as we maybe usually do when we talk fantasy because this is it's the land of far away and and the land on the other side you know they're not supposed to be or or they're not supposed to feel like an actual functioning functioning world i think it's yeah. more this magical place of the land of far away where everything's possible kind of uh, scenario and it's yeah, in this case, if we interpret it that way, it's Bus's fantasy. But for another child, the land of far away might be a di- completely different fantasy and take on another shape. Um, so, no, I don't think if we if we just look at it as a fantasy world, no, it's not world good world building because there's a lot of <laughs> like you said, there's a lot of adult questions that sort of arise. You know, how does this work and why is he king of this land and not that? You know, it's, it's, you, you can't really look at it that way because it's not built to be that type of world, I think. Um, and, and also, um, so even, even the name of the land itself is mm. kind of strange. How can they, like, you shouldn't really dis- you shouldn't really dissect um, this movie this way or this story this way. But how can they call themselves? Oh, this is the land far away. Mm. In comparison to what? <laughs> exactly. <why? laughs> like it's exactly. really strange. So the thing is, like this film, like watching it made me think of other better films, and the plot mechanic of like entering another world also makes me think of other better different stories slash <laughs> the films. never ending story exactly <laughs> the never ending story peter pan even i even mm. think peter pan mm. is better like world building and like things making sense as far as i remember it, it's been quite almost you could say decades now <laughs> yeah but that i've seen it but and also i'm thinking even by Bra- Bra- brothers lionheart it mm. would be another example and that's even like the same author now mm. so those do that narnia come on we have so many (laughs) suddenly here appearing Uh, but they do this and they just do it better I feel like it's a really fun plot mechanic like you could even argue like Harry Potter has the same sort of um, thing going on and and it's really fun to play around with it but I don't think it's done really executed very well here and I think it might be it might be the, the film I haven't read the book or the story like it might make it might feel in a way where you don't really care about these things when reading it i think mm. i think that's actually it <laughs> like it's not that important but um yeah it does make you think of other things that just do this a little bit better exactly a lot better yeah i mean all almost all the ones that you mentioned here were ones that i sort of also uh drew parallels to yeah uh, you know, the Brothers Lionheart that sort of does similar scenario, but better, yeah. <laughs> it's by the same author. Yeah. Uh, and also Never Ending Story, which has uh, some similarities. 
also a lot, lot better than this movie. Mm. <laughs> Harry Potter, which is a more modern take, but who also develop a lot of things uh, more mm. uh, where, where it's needed. So, yeah, there's, uh, there's a lot of... Uh, Vacant room, so to speak, in Mio Mio. Mio. It's, um, mm. yeah, it leaves a lot unsaid that maybe should be said. Yes. And I think, I think a lot of it could be, even in this film, could be solved if they have, they would have gone with an interpretation where this is, this was a dream he had. Mm. Like he fell asleep, asleep on the bench or something and he wakes up and he, somehow has maybe gotten the courage, the toolkit to sort of start making changes in his life. Mm. Uh, maybe, let's say, maybe he tells uh, Benke's father, like, you know what, I'm I'm actually being abused at home and mm. I don't feel loved. Maybe uh, Benke's father then can be like, well, maybe I should have a talk with them. Mm. Uh, maybe that results in either them actually improving. They see it from, you know, Bus's viewpoint. Or simply like, hey, you can come and stay with us and we'll be your family. Mm. Uh, maybe he uh, gets the courage to deal with his bullies because he's really like physically bullied by mm. a bunch of kids who are the same age or slightly older, I think. Uh, maybe that he says something to the old man that makes the old man that's also in this scene where the bullies attack him. Maybe he... Uh, interferes because the old that old man is then cast in a different role in the land far away mm. so again why cast these people if you're not gonna have mm. a payoff with it it's mm. really weird it's it makes for an unsatisfying experience like i can't can i get my money back <laughs> i didn't spend any but can i get them back please uh so i just i just feel like it would have been and i think that would have been in line with astrid lindgren's you know how she really like she really loved children and she cared mm. so much about like them having good homes and good like uh, uh, good storytelling and, and play like she was so much like children needs to be able to play and not be have too much responsibility and things like that and mm. um so so i think i think we could have just fixed a few things without much effort mm. <laughs> yep yeah yep <laughs> And I think now might be a good point to get into the budget for this film, because yes. as we hinted at, this actually had a very big budget. <laughs> it had, uh, in Swedish Krono, it had uh, a budget of 55 million, which is about five and a half million dollars, uh, by today. And yeah, I don't know exactly, you know, in 1987 what that meant in terms of, of yeah, movie budget, yeah. but, to us, that sounds like a very large budget, fifty-five million dollars or fifty-five yes. million Swedish crowns. Um, <coughs> it made less than half of that in the box office here in Sweden. Makes sense. Yep. What really became famous from the film was uh, the theme song uh, "Mio Min Mio" by a group called Gemini, uh, or uh, written by actually the guys from ABBA, but performed by the group called Gemini. That became a hit song here, and is very well known even today, and a lot of people like it, and it's a very good song. <laughs> it's kind of fun. I'd never heard it before. For some reason, oh, I think... Really? I, it's passed right by me wow. for some reason. And I was like, this is great. I was like looking it up on Spotify, and I was like, <laughs> like oh, the Mio Mio theme song, looking it up, and I was like, wait... 
Abba, Benny Andersson. Like this all makes sense now because it has a really good, um, it has a really good tune. To yes, it. yes. And, I and... I grew up with this song. Um, I have heard it a million times growing up. I had never seen the film before, but yeah. this song is yeah, this is part of my childhood. <laughs> awesome, because like it's a great song. Like honestly, it's it's way. Uh, maybe they, this is where they spent their budget because it's it's better than it, it. It has that sort of which I really enjoy, where it's just it's a mix of electronic instruments, but it also has a really fairy tale feeling to it. Mm. I don't know how to describe it but it's it's got that really 80s fantasy fairy tale touch yes. to it yes and you have that sort of melody and the singing is really like um it not it's not a too polished singing so it doesn't sound sort of how like a disney musical kind of voice is it is a different type of voice than that and it's it's great so it's kind of weird that it's uh no, not weird that it's in this film, but it's kind of weird that it's yeah. the absolutely best part about a 50, 55 million dollar film. Uh, yeah, um, I can just, I, I, I'm um, uh, reading on, on Wikipedia here for yeah. the film and it says uh, the theme song became a top three hit in Sweden. Uh, however, the Swedish reviewers received the film unfavorably. <laughs> Uh, and apparently this ah. song remained on our like our, our top hit charts for for several weeks so it was oh, wow. uh, it was a okay. big thing yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I and i yeah i mean i must say yet. you know the never ending story the film is million times better than than Miu Miu, Miu the yes. film but i do like the songs never ending story and Miu Miu, Miu about equally yeah. as much because they are both magical pieces from my childhood. I freaking love Never Ending Story. Like, I feel like nowadays it's almost like made fun of, like, like, because it's so, you know, but it's that, that, that song is fantastic. I have yes. listened to that song three, 55 million times, as much, <laughs> many times as this budget. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> and I just, I just, I think it's something about like fantasy films that sort of draws out the whimsical in pop music mm. Mm. Uh, and can be done really well like that because of that. Um, so, yeah, more parallels between two films like that, but <laughs> one is far superior. <laughs> yes. We should watch Never Ending Story for the podcast at some point. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I think I have the... Um, because I know we've talked about that before. And I was like, mm. yeah, I have my DVD in my childhood home. And I think I have it here now. Because I do think I managed to get, bring that with me. So I we could definitely do that mm. soon, actually. Uh, my God, is that film awesome. In my memory, it's been... It's been some time, but... Oh, I've rewatched that film many times as an adult, and I still think it's awesome, so... Oh, thank God, thank God. Like, there are so many scenes in that that are just... Or images that are just mm. etched into my head uh, from having that um, uh, VHS tape yes. <laughs> going on repeat as a child. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, we should talk about Never Ending Story instead of this garbage film <laughs> yeah pretty much 
like Christopher Lee is wasted on this film. Uh, yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Uh, but him that... and Christian Bale, I'm gonna say it also. Like yeah. Christian Bale was did a good child role in mm. this one. And mm. it's just like you're about as given as much time as the uh, wallpaper, unfortunately, but you're doing a good job, Christian. <laughs> But that was one of the reasons why I suggested we watch this because when I saw this with with uh, my students in school, um, I was just so baffled by this whole thing. You know, it's produced partly by Sweden, partly by the UK, partly by Norway. Has a Russian director. It stars Christian Lee and, and uh, or uh, Chris, Christopher Lee and Christian Bale, and it's just what a combination of things here. <laughs> How how does something like this start? <laughs> exactly. How how do you why how does this happen? <laughs> like someone just called Soviet and be like, "Do you want to make a film with us?" And then can you also call Britain? I, how how do you? It's bizarre. It's bizarre. Yeah. But and it also it, yeah. makes complete sense in a way. I don't know. Like yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like absolutely. Like, State uh, state Swedish TV, state Soviet TV makes complete sense that they are like both of these countries have like two TV channels each probably, and they're like, hey, wanna <laughs> wanna do something together? I don't know. <clears throat> and the most memorable memorable thing from the whole movie is the theme song, like yes. that that becomes the, the the one lasting impact that this one has had. <laughs> Oh my god. (laughs) Yeah, what can you say? I. uh, Okay, so I will. We've talked about a lot of negatives. What I will say, they did pick a nice castle for the end. um, For the end scene or the end. Yeah, the end. Kato lives. That's a nice castle, I think well chosen and everything they did some fun things with matte paintings at various points in the film uh some some fun special effects overall i think they are serviceable and do add to the sort of fairy tale feeling of it Mm. Uh, i will also say that the king's outfit Mm. his sleeves are kind of amazing and also some nice pleating on the back so i'm not going to complain about his outfit and i think (laughs) the crown was uh understated but believable Mm. for something of this sort so you know i just want to throw some positives uh out there (laughs) good (laughs) yeah (laughs) just want (laughs) to also the horse was was i mean a yeah. plus effort from the horse, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Very good horse actor. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> equine, equine actor, I believe, is the term they prefer. Ah, okay. <laughs> yes. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I feel like we could. I mean, we've talked about a few films. But I feel like we could still do a, is there anything we would recommend to go with this film? Or maybe watch instead, honestly. But um, do you have any suggestions? Well, um, other the ones 
Yeah, except for, for the ones already mentioned, which yeah. you should go watch. The Brothers Lionheart, Never Ending Story, Harry Potter, all of those. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's almost like you had a scroll there, and you're like, like reading like the town crier. Like. <laughs> um, there was one that I, or, or two, if, if, if you can, if you want to count them sort of together, uh, mm. that I actually thought of as, a, uh, as I was watching this. And it has to do with uh, sort of Mio's or Bus's, I should say, Bus's position as lacking a father and mm. sort of his search for a father and what happens when he has found his father. It made me think of Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 1 and 2. Oh, that's <laughs> a fun connection to make. Yes. Yes. So yes. I would recommend those as well. Yeah. That is much better. And that also has... Um, you can have more... <laughs> That's an interesting take on mm. the absent father also. Like there are some other things about family that that's saying. So yeah, good, good pick. Good pick. <laughs> uh, any, anything else before I jump in? No, that, that no? was uh, what I had to mention. Yes. Okay, so I'm going to go with some low hanging fruit. Basically what I was reminded of when watching this. Films that does this better. <laughs> so if you're an adult... I would go with, honestly, uh, The Prince of Thieves uh, with uh. this. <laughs> because it, it, some of these scenes here and, and some mm. how things look, I was just like, this kind of reminds me of Prince of Thieves and that film is awesome. So <laughs> <laughs> watch that instead. Also, Star Wars. Mm. Also. Uh, few things there where I was like, this kind of feels like Star Wars in a way. Um and and finally, also Lord of the Rings, ah. because I felt a lot of connections that you have the cloak, you have mm. some things that just felt, it just felt Lord of the Rings to me. And there are, I mean, there are other versions of Lord of the Rings. So, you know, maybe check that out um, if you feel adventurous. So, and then... No, if you're ch- if you want to watch something with your child, or if you are a child, <laughs> then I would watch something like let's say, uh, Labyrinth or mm. Legend instead. Same decade, mm. maybe the same budget, maybe more in the budget, but way better. Everything mm. basically, more much more fun to watch. Um, you know in terms of story and in terms of how things are looking and everything. So, yeah, uh, a whole bunch of things that are just more well-made, do share a lot of similarities, strangely enough. Um, and, yeah, you're going to have more fun with those. <laughs> yes, very good suggestions. Um, I will I will uh, back up all of them as uh, approved choices to watch. <laughs> With Mio Mio Mio, or maybe instead of Mio Mio Mio. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) I I feel like we could do one that we haven't done for a long while. So I just want to throw it out there. But I would like to see if you could replace an actor to improve the movie. The premise is you're in a time machine and you can bring any actor from any era to replace one actor in this movie. Who would you bring? Ooh, that's a, that's a tricky one. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I think I would like to replace the actor playing Bosse, um, because 
you know, Christian Bale does a good job. Uh, Christopher Lee does a good job. The actor playing the dad, maybe not so much, but uh, as as we discussed earlier, it could be argued that that's the point. So Busse is the one that that I think needs the most improvement, and he is he's the main character, so you know he yeah. he has to sort of really deliver, I think. But who would play him? That's a really mm. mm-hmm. I mean, I will admit I'm not very well-versed when it comes to child actors, but... um... Well, there are some, like, of the ones that were huge, so... um, Macaulay K. Culkin, Mm. for example. And also the kids from... What what was that called? The Goonies or whatever, from the 80s. They were also... And then you have... Sixth Sense kid, yeah, uh, and you have the Stranger Things kid. They may, they might be a bit what? too old, but they are also like, yeah. Well, I mean, it, we have a time machine, so it doesn't. Yeah, we have, <laughs> yeah, we can age them down a little bit. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what some of the kids from Stranger Things I might go with, but that yeah. might just be because I really like Stranger Things. But but yeah, that's a really good suggestion. I think. Yeah, they uh, they are. Have really proven themselves to be good actors. Yeah. Um, so I would probably, if, if we're gonna go with Stranger Things, because mm. why not? Then I, I think, um, hmm. I don't know his real name, but the uh, the kid who plays Will Byers, I think, would be the best one. He's, oh wait, I have uh, them in front of me. Yes, Noah Schnapp. Noah Schnapp, I think, I I think, think is... That's not the Schnapp? one I'm thinking of. I think... Okay. Um, or it might be, I don't know. Mike Finn Wolfhard? What a last name. Oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> that... It's gotta be fake. I also think Gaten Gaten Matarazzo, Dustin, who plays mm. Dustin, mm. I think he could be a good choice as well. Um, I think all of them could really be good choices. Any one of them, Um, yeah. The the reason I would go with Will Byers is, I think, from judging from Stranger Things, his character or what I've seen from him is he has sort of the most serious tone out of them, I think. And that's mostly because of his experience in season one of Stranger Things. Mm. Uh, And in later seasons, he has a lot of of trauma to deal with there. But I think if if we're going to sort of translate that into Miu and Miu, because Busse is, at least for parts of the story, kind of a very serious child. So I think... That that that, yeah. that that there's parallels there, I think. But yeah, yeah. all, all yeah. four of the kids from uh, Stranger yes. Things could. We put them in a blender, <laughs> and out comes one perfect child for Mio Mio. Yes, yes. <laughs> he may look like he's in a Cronenberg film or something <laughs> like that, but he's uh, <laughs> gonna do a good job. <laughs> so finally, Linnea, I want to know if you think that. Mio in the land far far away deserves to be remade. I think the book deserves to be readapted. Even though, yes, it's an older book, but I think many of the themes of um, 
you know, a child having a bad, bad home situation and, and sort of dreaming himself away. I think that's a very timeless theme and that deserves to be told and, and sort of for children, for children who who are in those situations, I think it can be a, a sort of relief uh, to, to yeah. maybe see themselves and see themselves be happy in, in a film. Uh, I don't necessarily think that this specific movie should be remade uh, because I think there's a difference in being remade and being readapted when we're talking about Definitely. This. Yeah. Well put. <laughs> about this. Distinctions are important at <laughs> yes. times. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I I agree with sort of the added uh, opinion that you sh- they should probably do something about the ending, how things are wrapped up. Because I don't even like if you would make it straight from the book, if this is the ending, that's also in the book. I think you need to sort of alter that a bit to fit maybe modern tastes in a way mm, mm. to make sense. <clears throat> um, because I think also maybe children are used to different sort of storytelling. They may have questions about that. Honestly, mm. they might do really. But also, wouldn't it be kind of perfect if something like Studio Ghibli did this? Uh, wouldn't yeah. that just make complete sense? Yeah. 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 That's that's the version I want to see. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I can like almost picture it and it's great. Let me tell you, it's a great film in my head right now. <laughs> so <laughs> But yeah, uh so that is um Me on the Land Far Away. Is there any any con- any final thoughts? <laughs> final prayers, anything? <laughs> Last famous words here. <laughs> well, it's um it's an experience to watch, especially when you know sort of all the surrounding uh shenanigans with uh, <laughs> people from many different countries coming together it's uh, yeah it's an effort of peace no <laughs> end result is uh, yeah it leaves a lot to be desired i think but yeah. it's i think for us it was still a fun watch you know as podcast material uh, definitely I don't think, I mean, yes, I saw this this uh, with my students, but I don't think, it's not the film that I would recommend you, Eba, go watch unless we were doing this podcast. <laughs> I Definitely. would tell you about it, about this strange yes. multinational film, but I wouldn't tell you to watch it. But now, now, yeah. now you have, now I have a reason to make you watch this. <laughs> exactly, okay. Hmm. Devious schemes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's it's an it's an interesting film to talk. Like it's one of those films. Like if you would just put it on and watch it, and you'd be like, "Oh, well, that was kind of shit," and then move on. Yeah, yeah. But it's an interesting film to look at it and with all the parts and everything, and just like, like, why is this bad? Mm. How did this happen? Like that's way more interesting. That's the most most interesting and rewarding part of watching mm. this film. <laughs> so it's nice to have an outlet like this podcast where we can. <laughs> talk about (laughs) this movie for an hour and just be like why (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's a lot of lot of whys connected to this Um, definitely so uh, yeah listeners have you seen me in the land of far away Uh, if you have you know do share your thoughts with us. Uh, you can reach us at starcratchpodcast at gmail.com. Um, and uh, we would love to hear from you. And uh, yeah, we will see you again next time when we sit down and talk about another movie. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.